welcome to the Dog Spot Podcast with Melanie and Katie, where we're going to talk about everything dogs, especially wellness. That includes dog behavior, force-free grooming, nutrition, and lifestyle tips. This podcast is for general information only. It's not intended for medical advice, diagnostic, or treatment. Make sure to always check with your vet and consult when needed or talk with your pet care specialist for specific advice for your pup. Okay, welcome back. Episode 7 of Dog Spa, where we're talking about seniors. Yeah, so we're going to talk about how to support your senior dog. And there's a lot to talk about when it comes to seniors. Just like we talked our last part 1 and part 2 of puppies, there's just as much to talk about about seniors there's a lot of changes going on they've had a full life do they have any you know sometimes there's a a medical history sometimes there's an activity history sometimes they're just slowing down what's good what's not what should you look out for how can you take care of your senior and how does that change absolutely and then there's things that might help support him throughout his last few years of his life because definitely see, dogs do live less long than us. Unfortunately. Their lifespan is less. Um, so we do want to have them, most of us, for as long as possible. So at that point, we start noticing symptoms or things that the dog's starting to slow down when we start to worry. Yeah. So now we're going to tell you how to support that and make the most out of it at that time. Yeah, the most out of the, 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 last, uh, the last bit of time we have with them. Yeah. So what's considered a senior exactly? Okay, so a senior uh, is technically is going to depend on their size because obviously we do have dogs that are five pounds at adult adulthood and then we have other dogs that are 120, 140, 160. Mm-hmm. So definitely it goes by size. The bigger they are, the harder their, their body works. Yeah, the so the less, the less time they live. Mm-hmm. So let's say a good example, I've had a lot of co-workers at the vet that had Great Danes. I had clients that had Great Danes. Their lifespan, I mean, their average is five years. Five? Five. So, I mean, we've seen a few live seven, eight. They lo- they're lucky. They're mm-hmm. really lucky. If they get to that point, it's, it's really good. They either have really good genetics. Uh, and there's this vet... Uh, Karen Becker, Dr. Karen Becker, she's spoken about how in our DNA, in the dog's DNA, there is a um, a gene that says that they will live longer than other dogs. Really? Yeah, so you can get that tested. So most probably those uh, Great Danes that did live longer was gene. probably that they had that gene. Interesting. So, uh, so if they have that gene, that will consider their lifespan maybe a little longer than mm-hmm. other dogs. If not, it goes by size. So let's say Great Dane is a good example that they don't live very long. Uh, bigger dogs as well, over 100 pounds, probably their 10-year mark might be their max-ish. Like I said, again, depending on their life situation, their lifestyle, the stress levels, what they eat could depend on their average. And then for <laughs> for a small dog, let's say a Chihuahua, a Yorkshire, they could live to like a 20-year mark. 20? They could really? live 20. 18, I think wow. 16 to 18 is their average. But I've seen easily for them to, to go over wow. almost 20 years old. That's amazing. Living at the Fed, I've seen a lot of them, so... So basically going by, like you said, the way, what they're eating, their activity level, their breed, their size... And genetics, genetics, yeah. That's really what's going to determine... I mean, anything can happen, of course. You can't say for sure. But this is what's going to give you a ballpark, what you can kind of expect. 
when your dog's going to become a senior. Yes. Okay. So this, how, like we're saying this question as what is considered a senior. So it really will depend on, again, the size at which time we have to start thinking, okay, my dog is a senior now. Mm -hmm. I have to take these precautions. And what kind of support do we need to give? So if let's say for a Great Dane, unfortunately might start, we might start at like two or three years old senior support. When, uh, let's say, a German Shepherd, we might start at five, six, seven years old. Yeah. Uh, maybe a smaller breed, we might start thinking maybe around 10, 12 years old, we're going to start thinking about senior support. Yeah. So it really will depend on the size of your dog. If you guys are not sure, come on, ask us. Uh, we'll be happy to help you uh, like look around at like your lifestyle of your pet, stress levels, food and everything, and how your dog is doing to maybe even think, okay, did your, your dog actually really start his senior time? Mm -hmm. And what can we do to help? Right. I mean, that's something that the vet should also be able to give you information absolutely, on. If absolutely. they're noticing something at your regular checkups, you know, they should be able to tell you, okay, within the next year or two, just consider, you know, we might have to start doing a different blood test, which is a way that you can support a senior dog. Uh, there's different types of support that you can give. Not all support is going to be the same for every dog, though. This is also depending on the breed, depending on where they're at, depending on their health. Uh, there's different things that we can do to test, prevent, support. Um, there's a variety of different things. Um, and yeah. what's the reason why, basically, that we need to support the senior? Like, what's Wh the main reason why we need to look at different types of, of support? So why would we need to support a senior is that at that point, just like us humans, our bodies have been going on, like, mechanically for a really long time. Our body starts to get tired, so our organs are not as good or not as functional as they used to be yeah. so our systems are will be slower the immune system is not going to be as strong as it was so let's just say the body is getting tired mm. so it won't work as well as a younger like a puppy or just an adult so that can be from the digestive system that can be from the liver especially that could be the heart that could be immune system everything is going to slow down Absolutely. And then also, like, again, the same thing is the more we could know genetically also mm -hmm. what the dog could be maybe predisposed. Like some certain breeds are more predisposed for certain things. Like we know certain breeds like large breeds might be uh, more risky on the joint side, like let's say hip dysplasia or um, the shoulders. Yeah. Uh, some of them might have issues like example Dobermans. They have a lot of them that have heart issues. Mm -hmm. So if we already know in advance, okay, this breed is more susceptible. susceptible to this, then we might be, let's say, let's help our dog. And then we can supplement naturally before it gets to a point where we have to supplement chemically. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the immune system is a big one. I mean, already throughout the dog's life, with the way that we're living now with pollution, the food quality, exercise, all that. I mean, there's a lot of dogs that are having more allergies to different things, which means that the immune system could already be taking a hit depending how young the dog is. Yes. Now, as a senior, whether the senior is in ideal health, never had allergies, their immune system still going to be a little weaker as they get older, uh, just like their organs will. So at that point, would you, su would you supplement a senior's immune system the same way you would a younger dog who might have allergies? Would you supplement with the same things? Not necessarily. 
so there will be certain supplements that we will know will help better for allergies specifically mm -hmm. and others where it's going to boost the immune system to just function better. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely those that supplements that we say we're going to uh, like boost the immune system in the sense of just making the body function better. These could be taken by anybody. These are, we're talking about probiotics. Probiotics <laughs> or uh, minerals or any antioxidants. antioxidants. Those anybody could take. But let's say we're talking about bipolin or colostrum. These types of supplements are more specific to like allergy symptoms or stuck. Yeah, yeah, because of the quercetin that we want to help um, the symptoms of allergy. We don't want a reaction of like itching and stuff like that. Those would be only specifically more to the dogs that do have these symptoms okay. and not for the seniors specifically. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about there's vaccines um, and there's blood tests that could have something to do like that we can support the senior with. So vaccines, um, we could talk a little bit here about the titter test. Yeah, so th this conversation regarding vaccines is that we do tend, the vets tend to have a scheduling for the clients where they'll call you every year or every three years to always vaccinate to protect your dog against these uh, very deadly diseases or dangerous diseases. Mm -hmm. Now, they have created this protocol and a lot of them just follow it through because of the pharmaceuticals that suggest doing those vaccines yeah. every so often. Now, nobody has ever questioned, does my dog or my cat or my, my pet still need these vaccines? Mm -hmm. So now we're starting to talk about over-vaccination. Yeah. We're starting to get worried with that. Which affects the immune system. Which affects the immune system. So now... Um, the over-vaccination, even at a younger age, we just already have to start thinking about it. Once we do vaccinate our puppy, when the vet asks to vaccinate again, I would preferably do a titter before uh, vaccinating again. So the titter test, what it does is it's going to go check the level of antibodies that the dog already has, right? For this specific disease. So right. let's say we want to do a vaccination again for rabies, well, we're going to go check the antibodies of the rabies in the dog's blood and make sure, is he protected enough that if he does get rabies... The is body it, is, is strong he, enough to fight it. Is it strong enough to, pr to, to protect the body? Which exactly. would then show that the vaccination is not needed. It's not needed. Because mm -hmm. it's not by vaccinating again that will make you even stronger to fight against the disease. You're already able to fight for it. Why so you're, vaccinate you're again? unnecessary chemicals. Yes. Because in vaccinations, and this is a, a thing that I don't know if we ever talked about it yet in the podcast, but they gave the same dose for a Chihuahua than they give for a Great Dane. Yeah. Yeah, I think we maybe it's the same bottle. sometime at the beginning of a few episodes. But yeah, I noticed that too, how they were giving my two-pound cat the same dose as they were giving my 80-pound dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so there is more uh, risks of side effects for smaller breeds. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely even vaccinate less yeah. for smaller breeds and i would encourage the titter testing for mostly for smaller for, for smaller dogs because they're more prone to side effects of the vaccines yeah. so um so we talked about what the titter test is it's going to test the antibodies uh we talked about over vaccination how it's not necessary just because your vet is giving you a certain protocol that 
they were approved by the pharmaceutical companies that it's safe to give the dog this type of prevention. Safe, depending on each dog, of course. Yeah. So certain vets like Karen Becker and others, uh, they're starting to talk about how the researchers, it would just cost too much money to keep doing the test to know if the vaccines last longer than three years. So they just decided, you know what? We've tested for three years. It's enough. Let's just put a protocol for every three years to vaccinate again. Uh, I And the titter test exists. It is more expensive than just doing a vaccination. But now, again, is it about money or is it about the health of your pet? Yeah, so that is something that people will consider is that if the titter test is... I don't know if you remember how much it is. Is what, like 100 bucks or something? Over $100, yeah. When a, a vaccine is the consultation, which is $60, $70, plus vaccination is 20 Yeah, so 100 bucks. It's, it's almost the same... But you have to pay the consultation a little more. So yeah. it is a little bit more expensive. Yeah. So some people are going to say, oh, I'll just give the vaccination, protect, instead of checking the antibodies. And you, like we've said in so many other episodes, of course, there's a chance that your dog is in great health, has good genetics, and maybe th- these things won't end up affecting your dog. No. However, as we're seeing... But we're doing, we're doing all of these things with a blindfold. Like, we don't yeah. know what's happening with the dog's body. Exactly. There's no way for you to really know exactly what the dog might, might be predisposed to, how fragile the immune system is. So doing a titter test is going to give you a better idea of what's going on in your dog's body, antibody-wise. Is it needed to give these extra vaccines? You guys make that judgment call. We just want to let you know that this is another option. This is something that's available to you. Yeah, exactly. And this is something every vet is able to do, right? If I'm not mistaken, yes. Some of them will just prefer not to do it at all mm-hmm. or not offer it. But then that's a, a, a red flag. Yeah, why not? Why Why are you not offering that? Yeah. Just because it's more expensive? Just because... I don't think the vet is afraid of being expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but then there's, there's a reason, you know? There, there's something going on that if they're not offering it, it's a red flag. Because it's just a test yeah. to check the antibodies. It's, actually, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, so yeah. Okay, so that's something to check, guys. Maybe give your local vet a call and see if that's something they offer. And if they don't, maybe start asking some questions. Well, <laughs> or, or ask just, them. Ask them why. Or start looking for another vet that do, does offer both. Mm-hmm. And at least, you know, you have the option. Yeah. Yeah. So in episode five, we spoke about parasite protection. And how would we approach parasite protection with the senior? Is it going to be different? So pretty much the way that we have spoken about it on the episode five... Choosing the natural way over the chemical one. Mm -hmm. Just because the more natural we will prevent, the less side effects we have, the less will impact the overworking of the body and could reduce, that could reduce the lifespan of, uh, if we're using too many toxins and overworking the liver. Yeah. Okay, so doing a more natural prevention is going to be the way to go with seniors. Like we've said, we're going to repeat it so many times this episode, is that their systems are slower. They're more fragile. They're more likely to be affected by toxins or parasites or immune, you know, the immune system, allergies. Um, Everything's working a little bit slower after it's been working its whole lifespan. So this is another way that we can support. So at this point, um, the dogs, like we're just saying again, it's just it's going to go a little bit a little bit of pre- repetitive on this episode is that their t- their body's getting tired and if we just keep tossing toxins in their body and all these side effects the liver's getting exhausted at this point the liver could develop um 
just being insufficient. It's yeah. just not going to function well anymore. And then the dog's going to need meds yeah. to be able to be able to still be here for another couple of years. And just that in itself can reduce the lifespan. Yes. So there are things that we can do. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the episode of how we can supplement, how we can support, and how we can give a little bit of, well, yeah, support to the organs. Like yes. there, are, there is um, supplements that we have that will help the liver. And the liver is something that filters through the whole life of the dog. Just same thing for us, right? So if we can give... Um, if we can wash that out and give a little bit of a support to the liver, well, then that gives us probably even more time with the dog. Yes. Now we could talk about also before getting into supplements and other stuff like that, what are other precautions that we could take? Um, so again, vet wise, we're always talking about what we could do at the vet or what we could do naturally to help. I am not against going to the vet and doing like pre prevention where you do a consultation to do an exam, to do some blood work. Uh, like this, once you go to the vet and could see that there's an issue, mm -hmm. take care of it. Yeah. Or if there's ways that you could might try naturally prior to going and during anesthesia or any other things that might be too much and maybe could overwork the, the body. Um, it's pretty much this. So now I'm, we're talking about anesthesia. Mm -hmm. uh, at an old age, let's say the vets would still probably recommend the teeth cleaning, depending on the diet that your dog eats, might have more. They might, like, for example, smaller breeds, they might say, like, oh, you need to do it every year. Yeah. It's a lot on a body, the anesthesia. Mm -hmm. And often enough, once your dog is a senior and has to go under anesthesia, it's like the anesthesia... Um, accelerates whatever's happening in the body. So if let's say the dog has a tumor, has a disease or has anything in the body, at some point, once the anesthesia or surgery shows up that we have to do it, it kind of accelerates the process of whatever the, what is already happening in, in the body, the body. Mm -hmm. which is kind of worrisome. But if it's needed to do, we have no choice. If that will increase lifespan because there's something at risk, then yes, we, yes, we do it. Yeah, so let's say some an infection that we have to take care of something, a tumor that if we take it off, will increase lifespan, stuff like that. I would say, okay, we have no choice or urgent surgeries that, you know, if the dog doesn't do the surgery, we'll just probably just die right away. Yeah. Those things for sure, get it you done. You take the risk. We take it, you know, because it will give us more time for, with them. This is also why we focus a lot on the well-being overall in the dog's adult, well, from puppy to adult life, you know, we talk about having uh, chews for the teeth and uh, we have supplements like Vico Plus that can help reduce tartar. Uh, if your dog is already suffering with issues from tartar, we talk about the more um, biological uh, nutrition, you know, like there's things that we can do in the dog's adult life that will later affect what kind of senior you're going to be dealing with. Yeah. So what kind of, you know, like you're, you're talking about if we have to go under anesthesia to uh, take tartar off the teeth. This is something that can be avoided. Yeah. Um, and then just go back to our episode two to, to look at all of, the, all of our prevention yeah. regarding teeth. Because if the dog is needed that has a disease in the mouth or has to have teeth removed, yes, go for the teeth cleaning at the vet. If it's just plaque and tartar on the teeth, we have natural supplements that we could try before saying, okay, we have no choice but to go under anesthesia. Yeah, so there's always options. Um, what else would we be able... So we also mentioned the blood test. So that's something that is going to be uh, pretty important uh, whenever you're able to 
you know, figure out what point your dog is going to become a senior. There's senior blood tests, which is a full blood panel. It's going to test a lot more stuff than an adult dog. Yeah, so let's say we have a young dog that wants to go example joining anesthesia, usually an example to get our pet fixed or any other type of um, surgery before a senior. Uh, it's just going to be to make sure if, okay, how's the blood cells? Are, is They're the count good? Yeah. Is it good? Is the liver functioning properly? Is the kidney functioning properly? Prob- uh, properly? So... But they're also going to check, like, diabetes, like, sugar and stuff like that, too, right? In uh, the senior blood test, I'm pretty sure. Uh, in senior blood test, they add the thyro- thyroid mm-hmm. panel okay. and other types of things extra. The reason why it's a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. it's just added tests to the regular one. So these are things, too, that if you get, if you notice them early enough, that you could probably do something about them. Yes. Once, for sure, if we do detect a thyroid issue, I mean, then you're stuck with it for forever. Diabetes, same. Once the, ty- the diabetes is there... Uh, it's not reversible. So no, then, but there's things you could do. Like if it's diabetes, you can make some changes to the diet. For sure, and that might reduce the amount of like medication you need to exactly. give. But I'm just saying that once the diagnosis is there, you know it's there. Yeah. It's there. It's we can't. Uh, it's we can't reverse it. But at least the earlier we detect it, the better chances we have that they will their lifespan is is um, increased because we caught the disease on time. So when it comes to blood work, uh, how often, you know, we talked about the senior blood panel. It is more expensive, but it really is going to check more than a regular blood panel will. Um, so how often should we do this blood panel? So the blood work, once uh, the vet, once you start doing the uh, annual visits, once it gets to the point where they consider your uh, your pet a senior, because they have a protocol to follow. They know by which breed and size and everything when it starts to be that time how often things can come up. Exactly. So then at this point, they're going to start talking about like follow-ups for senior that they're going to call it. And then it's going to be every six months. Yeah. Six months or so, or depending on if your dog does develop a certain disease or whatnot, it might be more frequently. Like me with Myla, we're going to talk about it at the end, about our stories of our seniors and how how it went through their life and senior time. But for me, it was way more often than six, six months mm. once diseases start showing up. And for me, it's actually less than six months. Okay. But we're, we're going to discuss why. Okay. Yeah, let's do that after. Our next is a client question. <coughs> my, so my senior is sleeping more, moving less. Should I worry? So this is something that could be... It's touchy. It's really touchy, Because yes. like we're saying, depends on the age, depends on the breed, depends on the activity level. Is there any health issues? Is there any genetic issues? What kind of personality does your dog have? This is something where that's going to come up. Um, did your dog always sleep a lot? Did they not? Were they very active? Are they now tired? Could it be a sign that there's something going on? Or is it something that's completely normal? Yeah, so I would say if you notice a change you know your dog. Mm-hmm. If you notice something different, wow, my dog used to sleep two hours during the day and now is sleeping six, I would start asking myself questions. Especially if it's drastic. If it's from one week to another, it could be a sign that there's something going on. Yes. If it's like gradually over time, we could just say, okay, yeah, the dog is starting to get more tired and stuff like that. But if it's really drastic, and, and this is another thing with Myla that I, I would t- talk with you guys, that I noticed some change during my walks. And then I went to go see the vet. So that would be something like that. That Okay, you're starting to notice a change 
something different, that's when you go and just do a checkup at the vet and just see if everything's okay. Um, other than that, what other things can we do to help our seniors or just overall their well-being and stuff? What can we do? Um, yeah, so actually something I wanted to add on the sleeping more, something that you can do uh, if your dog is sleeping more and, you know, it's completely normal, try to take them for more walks. Because walking is going to be something that's not necessarily overexerting. It's not going to be, you know, they're not running, they're not jumping, but you're still getting activity. Yeah, their body keeps moving and that's just good for the blood flow, the lymphatic exactly. flow, everything. Exactly. Yeah. So that's something that I deal with with Chef that, again, we'll talk about later, is he sleeps a lot. He's very at rest a lot of the time. But I try to take him for as many walks as I can and he's still, you know, he's moving well. He has little bursts of energy during those walks and then yeah he comes home and he sleeps but he's still mobile you know he's not stuck he's not it's helpful because it's a it's an activity that is good for like you said their heart rate their blood flow uh keeps them limber keeps them stretching but it's not too hard on their system yeah so, so yeah yeah so the next thing also would be to reduce their stress overall yes uh one thing to reduce stress that we are specialized in that we offer the service is behavioral grooming and if the people already come to me like they're not already my client and that the dog becomes a senior it's more of somebody calls me and they already have an older dog i tell them straight away look they already have been living through the same patterns their whole life to do a behavioral change would be probably a lot of work and it would be very long before achieving a grooming. Which ends up being very expensive as well. Very expensive because I'm not saying it's too late because it's never too late. If the people are willing to invest, I just say, look, between investing for a puppy and inv investing for a senior in behavioral grooming, the senior has a lot of uh, coping mechanism yeah. and they have things that they've been used to living their whole life. That might not be reversible. To change yeah. it, it's going to be a lot of work yeah. to change in the brain the concept of I don't like grooming. They've been thinking about that for 10 years, let's say. Mm. It's hard to change that. Yeah. So what I do is that I offer comfort groom. Yeah. So what do I do is that I make sure I check their stress levels. I make sure that, let's say, if they could eat, if they get some breaks maybe some play times, reduce the time of grooming. Maybe instead of doing the full groom in one day, we'll do it on two or three appointments. Yeah. So I'll offer the service regarding how the dog's adapting to the to the appointment, to the service. Depending and on I how make much sure they can handle. How much they can handle. And I make sure that it's as less stress as possible. Yeah, it is very important. And again, I guess, we, you know, we're relating this to a lot of our own experiences. I'll touch on it again later, but like Chef, as he got older, I noticed he was kind of lonely. So that's why I got my kitten. And that really pissed him off. Like now it's going fine. And you know, the cat luckily is really independent and she does her own thing. She does not bother him, but it really stressed him out at the beginning and he didn't eat for about a week. And I thought he was going to be, you know, better receptive to it. So these are things we need to consider too, you know, like when your dog's getting older and you say, oh, I want to get a puppy. It could be fine. You knew you know your dog, but it could also uh, put the stress up. Oh, yeah. It could be temporary or it could be for, for the rest of the dog's life. Yeah. Because at that age, if the dog's been used to living for 10 years by himself, and then all of a sudden a, a new puppy or a cat or any other pet comes in inside the house, yeah. it's rough for them because they've been used to being the only one. Yeah. 
and now they have to deal with this yeah. new stress. Even with a baby, but I say I'd say with a baby it's a little bit different because with animals, you know, they're they're not speaking, they're running around, they communicate with each other. They're a little bit more in the dog's face. Whereas a baby, I think the dog knows what's going on a little bit more. It's a different species too, right? Like I've I've heard a lot less issues with human babies and dogs than other animals. There's still a change though. There's a change of routine. Sure. There's the environment changes. Whatever the, the older the dog gets, the harder it is for the dog to adapt. Yeah. yeah. So if the baby only came at the age for a dog of being a senior. Afina, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, Afina's <laughs> ch- choking. <laughs> you have something stuck in your throat? We're sure you've heard her a few times this episode. She's, uh, she's running around. She's having a good time. Yeah, she's having a good time. Um, <laughs> ah, I lost my thought. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about babies. And yeah, babies. Yeah. So the older the the dog is, the the harder it is to adapt to new to new s- routines, new anything. So, what I've done with clients is, when they come to me with an older dog, and then they ask me, "Oh, my dog is," they're getting worried. Oh, my dog is uh, starting to knock on walls or facing the wall, or there's behavior changes. And then they start telling me, like, oh, I don't think my dog has much longer to live. Mm -hmm. And then I tell them, well, what do you feed your dog? Mm -hmm. That's often the first thing I do, I ask. And then when they tell me they're still on kibble or even a good quality kibble, uh, any kibble or any type of diet. Sometimes people tell me, like, yeah, I do add uh, some fresh meat or some fresh stuff on the side. And I'm like, that's great. But do you know that if you switch completely to a raw diet and a natural, everything, ingredients that are natural, that that might change things. Yeah. And sometimes the clients are skeptical. They're like, well, my dog's already old. What is that going to change? Yeah. So if you think about it really, like like you've said and we've spoken many times about kibble, it's not that all kibbles are bad. But if you want to look at the cold hard facts, kibble is going to have between 30 and 50% sugar because of the grains the um the vegetables these are all things that are transformed into carbs which are transformed into sugar so over the long run we're talking about the organs being tired of working so hard the organs are working so hard digesting a lot of these uh, nutrients and the fact that it's over processed and the fact that it's over processed so in case you guys didn't know the more heated it is the more times that it goes under heat and it's transformed, the worse it is for the body and the harder it is for the body to digest. So now if we go from a kibble diet that's worked the whole life and that's fine, and now the dog's starting to get tired and we're seeing other symptoms pop up, going to a natural diet where you can count pretty much on two hands what ingredients are in there, that they're whole ingredients, they're easier to digest, the organs are working less hard, the digestive system, at the beginning, of course, there's a transition period, which we would support with supplements, Um, but it's so much easier for the body to go through and digest that all of a sudden, okay, there's less sugar, there's less carbs, there's less, uh, energy being going towards digestion. The dog has more energy, you know, the ingredients make the body over, don't overwork as much. Exactly. So let's, I want to give you proper, real results, real examples. So these clients that have come to me and accepted to do the change and say, you know what? Let's let's say whatever you say is true. It's not going to hurt me. I'll try it for a month. And if it's not good, I'll just go back to my kibble. And I said, okay, no problem. Yeah. Give it a shot. So then they go to take the food. And then they come back to me a month later, two months, three months. And sometimes even two weeks later. 
sometimes even just in a couple of weeks of changing, the people are impressed. So one of the first symptoms, sometimes even I was shocked because I wasn't sure at, the f at first, like recommending a natural diet, you know, okay, it's going to make the dog healthier, but I don't know to which point, how much it's going to help. Or what it can reverse. What can yeah. it reverse? So like the clients were telling me like, oh, my dog is going blind and is hitting the wall. I said, well, this could be in the nervous system. Which, and it, yeah, then it's kind of like kind of irreversible yeah. so i can't tell okay yeah your dog's gonna stop hitting the wall like yeah. i can't confirm that or the dog's just losing vision and doesn't know where it's going yeah and the eyes start getting blurry like it has like a white film Counteract. on it has like a white film on the eye that it's looking less and less dark so i said look when i changed my dog that wasn't a senior yet had that little white film on the eyes and then when i switched to raw that film went away that that's what happened with chef that was one of the first things that happened with him. That's what happened with Chef also. And then at the client, I said, well, that white film helped for my dog and my employee's dog and everything. And he's like, okay, let me try it. So after two weeks, he said that that film pretty much almost went away. It reduced... Two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. And then after a month, he comes back again. He's like, my dog's not hitting the walls anymore. Wow. He's not facing the walls anymore. He's not hitting the walls anymore. And he's like, my God, I'm so happy. And... This has been for two years. His dog lived for two extra years from that moment. From, moving, from changing the uh, nutrition. Yeah. And the dog was already... It was a Shih Tzu, if I'm not mistaken, or a Las Apso. It was a small breed. Yeah. And he was already 16, and he lived to 18. I am pretty sure that if he hasn't, <coughs> wouldn't have changed the diet at that point, I don't think he would have lived till 18, because he noticed how much more active the dog got, yeah. how slowly the diseases or whatever the dog had at that point it. it went slower from the point when he changed the diet to raw well yeah i mean look if you think about it all of our bodies even dogs cats they're all they heal themselves the body is designed to heal itself so the less we pollute the body with stuff that is harder to, to digest and it's harder to you know break down you're giving the body a break so if you're giving the body a break from all these things that it's been working so hard to digest its whole life, the body will start to heal itself naturally. You know, like you said, if, if there's, a, there's disease or there's illness, of course, we have to take that into consideration. But if it's a dog that, yes, it's becoming a senior, now it's starting to develop senior issues, switching to raw could really slow everything down. So there's never the wrong time to switch to raw. Never. And it doesn't all have to be in the same way. You know, there's some people who do home-cooked and raw. Or there's some who do uh, freeze-dried and raw. Or there's some who will give just some bones here. Some like the, it's. It doesn't have to be the same thing for everybody. It depends on everybody's different situation, and that's also what we're there for. We know these different methods, and we know the different combinations that we can do based on what your dog needs. So that's something else we can offer when it comes to a consultation, or it comes to advice in store, or if you're not sure where to start or where to go. Send us an email, give us a call, come come to the store and we can look up the different options. We definitely you. personalize to the situation, to the dog and yeah. to what your needs are, what your worries are. We'll help you go through it so that the changes are done well mm -hmm. with less worry, less stress. Yeah, that's another thing I've noticed too that I just want to mention. It, it does pertain to seniors, but it's kind of like the whole lifespan is nowadays everybody's very big on supplementing, supplementing, supplementing. Too much, a little, even. Yeah, it's becoming a little too much. And that's something that I'm very proud that we... We're, oh, you okay, Afina? 
We're not gonna try and convince you to supplement your dog when it's not needed. The best thing to do is actually less is more. Mm-hmm. The less that you give, the, the dog doesn't necessarily need all these supplements. There are some that will help, and those are the ones we'll suggest. But we're not going to start telling you, yeah, yeah, add this and this and this and this and this and this and this if it's not necessary. Absolutely. That's and again, the same thing like we have spoken in other uh, episodes is that try it for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Try it for one bottle of the product. If you don't notice a change. If you don't notice a difference, stop using it and try something else. Yeah, because again, same for us. There's some things that will work and there's some things that won't. Everybody is different and everybody adapts differently. So like, I know some people that used omega-3 and it didn't do anything. Maybe it's not the right omega-3. That's a thing too. It's Sometimes it's not shutting it down completely right away, but trying a different source. Or maybe trying to add the vitamin E because they maybe are having a hard time absorbing it. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if any of you guys know. I'm sure m- many of you have heard. But the only way for the body to absorb uh, omegas is through vitamin E. So there might be a little vitamin E, let's say, in the food. But it has to be a certain amount or else your omega-3 is going nowhere. Exactly. Which is a waste of everybody's time and money. <laughs> yeah. So before jumping into supplements, uh, because we're already talking about that and we don't want to ruin the subject... <laughs> But just before, another thing that we could do to support our pet is holistic medicine. Yes. So like acupuncture and all of these other things. Sometimes there's things Physio. physically, physiotherapy, uh, yeah. like a pain in the in the bones or in the muscles or the, all these things that maybe the dog has that only holistic vets will notice and see. And if you do this type of support. It's definitely a bonus. Yeah, because they're more trained with the details, right? So, like, the little slight movements, they're going to be able to tell what's that related to. Yeah, or certain diseases, especially with acupuncture, it's a very old medicine. It's Chinese medicine, and they know so much, Mm -hmm. and they've been doing this for so, so long. It's even older than the, the modern medicine. Yeah. So they know a lot and it helps with a lot. If they know the exact pressure points and the exact places where they add the needles and certain things they even have certain Chinese herbs that they could also recommend. And all of these things are just there to support and exactly. just make it better. And I think you said it already, but that in combination with everything else you can do, whether it's the food, the activity, these are all things that are just going to make the stress level go down as well. And that's yeah. the main thing that we're looking yeah. for here is to keep the dog as little exposed to stress as possible. So these are all a bunch of little things that you can do. Yeah. So let's jump into supplements now. Yay. Uh, <laughs> There's so many good supplements for seniors. That's why I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know, like like we said just before, without over-supplementing, there's still so many that are beneficial. Absolutely. And then now the first question is, well, when do we start the supplements? So starting supplements, some are needed throughout the life of the pet. Mm -hmm. So let's say with fish oils like omega-3s, our life is full of inflammation nowadays, pollution and all these things. The omegas are not going to be a bad thing to start as early as possible. And other things to complete a diet, let's say minerals and antioxidants. It's never a bad thing to already use it at a younger age. So these, I could say, could start as soon as possible if you'd like. If you have the in the budget that you say you want to add those things, go for it. Uh, the other thing I would say when it comes to supplements, a lot of people are going to say, well, I want to prevent my dog because I know he's going to be susceptible to joint issues or hip dysplasia. Mm-hmm. Only supplement 
once you see that there is an issue there, do not supplement before glucosamine or chondroitin before there's any issues yeah. because it's not gonna really do much it's yeah, not gonna do anything I, i've seen a lot of clients come into the store and say oh you know this is a large breed so i want to make sure that my dog doesn't have any joint issues i'm gonna buy some green lip muscle no do not do that just because you suspect that this could possibly be an issue because then you're giving the dog the supplement for nothing yeah and then it might not work as well later if you need it Love to know where we get all the products we talk about on our podcast? Head to musospa.com and use promo code DOGSPA to get 11% off your purchases. Exclusions do apply. Shipping is available all over Canada. Yeah, so when it comes to uh, supplementing for joints, we don't want to supplement when it's not needed let's do an x-ray to make sure that there is something going on if there's not or there's no signs physically that the dog is having a struggle getting up or moving or whatnot green lip muscle is there for helping with to relieve pain yeah so if there's no pain it's not why necessary. giving something for anti-inflammatory effect if there's no pain there and then the joint support for uh, glucosamine and chondroitin is to rebuild the joints if the joints are already built, it's going nowhere. Where is it going, the supplement? So exactly. now you're overworking the body, giving a supplement that's not going to be beneficial. So why give something extra if it's not doing anything? Exactly. But if it's needed and the joints are used and need that support, yes. And if the dog's in pain, yes, support that. Yeah. If not, I would say Jump for Joints from Adored Beast is a more natural homeopathic supplement. At this point, it could help recover from a sprain like a muscle that got ripped a ligament anything like that that supplement is no there's no problem using it as a prevention time, yeah. we could use that one at, uh, at a younger age or just for like muscles and stuff like that but if it's really joint either it has to be confirmed that there's something there or there's pain or there's because the dog is a senior and is, is struggling with the the joints Voila. So now we can talk about antioxidants and adaptogens as well. This is something that is very important for a senior. Um, an antioxidant, um, or it's an adaptogen, the one that's for the age, right? The an like, Anti-aging, it yeah. would be the adaptogens. And an antioxidant, that's going to be just good minerals. Good minerals, good, like, antioxidants, what it does is that it helps oxidize. So if ever in the body there's... There's always going to be, whatever age you are, your body's creating bad cells. Mm -hmm. And those bad cells become tumors or cancer. Now, the body is young enough and strong enough to just destroy it on its own. So it's just that with age, your body is less, less strong and doesn't detect those cells fast enough. And then creates tumors and cancer and stuff like that. Why it's riskier at an older age. So, those supplements of antioxidants and the adaptogens are dealt are there to help the body fight those things because the natural body is not able to do it anymore. So the antioxidants, that's like berries. Anything that's berries, uh, minerals like kelp, spirulina, phytosynergy, stuff like that. And adaptogens, we're going more into mushrooms. mushrooms, Medical mushrooms, like chaga, turkey tail. So turkey tail is the one that seems to be the most effective when it comes to tumors. Yes. Um, 
tumor growth, reducing growth, reducing the tumors themselves, depending on how well this antioxidant will work for your dog. Of course, nothing's magical. Some dogs respond well, some don't. It's worth a try. Yeah. And chaga is more vitality wise. Yeah. So more of the energy and keeping, yeah, yeah. keeping our, our youth. Yeah. So more, yeah. another on. one that we can use uh, in addition to antioxidants, adaptogens, you know, we talked about the fish oil. Uh, with the fish oil for a senior, you want to even double the dose of fish oil so that you have a medicinal dose for inflammation. For the If there's already pain that's there, uh, brain-wise, to support the, the brain better, if there's any inflammation of, like, chronic uh, infections and stuff like that, the body is already, like, struggling so, to work. So omega-3s at, given at a medical dose yeah. could be almost used like a painkiller yeah. or an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And it's a natural one. So why not, if you could use double dose, why not use that exactly. first try it out before going to a stronger supplement to get her to a medication exactly yeah another one that uh is very effective for seniors is going to be hemp oil and or cbd oil Mm -hmm. so hemp oil uh it won't be giving omega-3s however it will help reduce stress and inflammation now hemp oil is not as potent as cbd when it comes to reducing stress um however it can help to calm the body down but yep. it's not very strong. No, it's like the weak the weak point. The the hemp is the plant that doesn't have the psychoactive uh, part. The, the psychoactive part. Now it could be good for the fur as well. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard a lot of people saying that the hemp hemp oil does help their 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 pet's fur. Some of them might help with anxiety, some not. So that product, if you want to start with that and you don't see results, then you can it's maybe on. just because it's not strong enough. And then it, then the CBD one, it would be very, very good yeah. to, to give it a shot. Yeah, and don't get us wrong, guys. The CBD, as long as it's dosed for dogs, you're not going to give your dog a CBD and it's going to be stoned. That's, that's really not the goal here. The goal is to reduce stress. It's not to get your dog stoned. Whereas if you know, a medication that you might get from the vet specifically uh, for stress, these can also affect the dog in a negative way. Just because they're prescribed doesn't mean that it's not going to negatively affect the dog. It's also chemical. And each of those medications targets a different enzyme. So in the brain. So if you're not giving the right pill for the right thing, you could be doing just as much damage. So that's why we like to use these natural remedies before going to any sort of medication to reduce stress. CBD is probably the strongest of the natural ones that we have. However, it's not like your dog's not going to be useless and uh, on the floor uh, drooling because you're giving it CBD. No. And it's the dosage too. You could adjust the dosage as well. And the ones that we do sell for pets are not as strong as if you would, let's say, buy it at a medical store that sells like pure CBD oil. Then this you would have to check with a vet, behavioral vet or vet, and make sure that you get the dosage programs that you're allowed to give your dog. Yeah. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, too, at the medicinal shops, there's CBD oil, but that has like 1% THC. And THC is the psychoactive compound that you want to avoid for the dog. That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for CBD, which is something that's not going to be psychoactive. Yeah, and the ones that we have... So technically, the ones that do, we do have are able to sell in a store that's not 
because here we're in Canada and we're in Quebec, there's certain laws of how to sell mm-hmm. weed, right? Mm-hmm. So with CBD is we're not allowed to sell pure CBD mm-hmm. in pet stores. So the CBD is mixed of hemp oil and CBD, with CBD. Which and makes it not as strong. Not as strong, but could still be beneficial. Yeah. So I would say to this, start with that one. Yeah. But if at ever in any case, your dog's going to be more beneficial of getting the pure one use go and get the the dosage that you're able to give of the pure cbd and it could be safe uh, and great for your pet absolutely uh for me in my case of cbd uh, i've used it i've tried it on multiple dogs one that i have noticed great was results with was one of my dobermans she started getting bumps all over her her chest and i didn't want to do the surgery because she was already old enough and i said once i put her under anesthesia it's just going to accelerate the whole thing or maybe she might die on the table yeah because she was really suffering at that point i even thought when i went to go see the vet i'm like i think i'm going to come back next week and put her down like i was really i'm not going to put her through surgery right now i think she's dying yeah and i've heard cbd helps with dogs that have cancer yeah or humans, like humans say they used CBD when they have cancer to, to relieve pain and relieve everything. You're like, you know what? If I can help naturally for the pain. Try it. Let me try yeah. it. I got an extra year with her. A year. A year. When you thought you were going to have to put her down the next week. Yeah. So wow. we were all sad and like crying and thinking we're going to go back to the vet in a, in a few days or a week. And then she started feeling better and then she was smiling and then she was running. And I was like, wow, okay. Keep trying, keep like, doing this. Let me just keep using the CBD. And I used it for another year and I got a, a beautiful year, an extra year with her. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so I do recommend it. It might not work for everybody. But it's worth a shot. But it's worth to try it out. And you can't really get negative side effects with this. Either it no. works or it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. Try it out and you see amazing results. Keep doing it. If you don't see anything, try something else. Yeah. I'll always say that. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth a shot. And you know, some of these supplements are more expensive than others but if you really look at it in the long run it's usually not that expensive i think the one that's i think cbd and turkey tail are the ones that are the most expensive but they're also the most effective for sure if you have a bigger dog but if your dog is prone to tumors like we had the um burmese yeah burmese are more prone to tumors yeah uh there was a client using the turkey tail for their Bernese, I was giving uh, turkey tail to chef. I alternate between chaga and turkey tail. And the tumors that he does have have not grown more since I've been giving that. So I'm going to keep doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, increasing probiotic cures is something else that we can do. Probiotics is something that we suggest uh, puppies take their whole puppy life. And once they become adults, you will give... Uh, per season or per two season. So you can either do it spring and fall or spring, summer, fall, winter. You don't really need to do it more than that unless you have a digestive issue, an allergy issue, or unless, you know, you were recommended otherwise. Yeah. Uh, However, once you're at the senior phase, probiotics are encouraged continuously. Now, continuously, when I say that, meaning 30 days on, two to three weeks off. 30 days on, two to three weeks off. Or depending on what is needed. I would yeah. just adapt to the situation depending on if there's a medication that's been taking the, that have side effects that might increase digestive issues, then I would put a probiotic on alternation, like two, two different types at least. Yeah, so you're getting two different kinds of uh, bacterial uh, bacteria. If there's, if there's no disease and the dog's not taking any medications or whatnot, then maybe if you were doing it every season, every other season, 
you're doing it twice a year, now do it four times a year. Yeah, increase It's just least, yeah. changing the protocol to more frequent mm -hmm. to support more, but depending on how the situation is. Yeah, so we talked about at the beginning of the episode about optimizing the immune system, and this is one of the best ways to optimize immune system, giving the gut healthy bacteria. That way it's stronger and it can fight off whatever viruses come its way, whatever allergies come its way, makes the digestive system stronger, you're getting better poops, better poops, less stress. You know, if your dog is constantly having a tummy ache, it can't just tell you, oh, I don't feel well, I don't feel well. Usually that's when you'll notice a little bit of a behavior change. They might get more aggressive, they might get be uncomfortable, might not, you know, might be moving constantly, might be eating a lot of grass. That's a sign that there's something going on in the gut. Um, so we mentioned alternating. That's also important because different brands are going to have different types of bacteria. You also want to check the ingredients in um, any probiotic you're going to give. Sometimes there's a lot of fillers uh, that are unnecessary and sometimes there's not enough bacteria. So yeah. we'll see like 25,000 kinds of bacteria to, to someone who might not know about probiotics. It sounds like a lot. It's really not that much. Yeah. So you and, and for this is just to go back to our episodes regarding the probiotics. Yeah. We talked all about them. Yeah. And, uh, the company that we really love is adored beast. Uh, we say many times, it's not necessarily about the company, uh, but the brand, but it's more about the ingredients and, Adored Beast has been one of the brands that's been most consistent with the quality of their supplements. Absolutely. So that's why we really uh, refer to them a lot. So the the basic probiotic that they have, Love Bugs, which we've mentioned many times, that's what it's thirty billion, thirty billion, forty, uh, forty billion, forty billion. So that's even better. The more different kinds of healthy bacteria, it's the best thing for your dog. We spoke earlier on in the episode as well about liver tonic. Yeah. So we're talking a lot about over like. The, the older the dog, the more the, the organs are working hard, um, might be congested. The liver might be just stuck. Like, it just can't full, absorb. Yeah. It can't filter anymore as well. <laughs> so the liver tonic will be there to help uh, help the pet. I'd say once or twice a year we could do it. If your dog's on medication, I would say, like with me, with Myla, I used to do it every two to three months. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd do it full bottle, and then I would give a one month a month and a half break and then I would do another bottle again yes. because my dog was on constant medication and medication that had very high side effects. So that's why I was doing it on a more fre frequent uh, time. Yeah. So we mentioned it a bit again before what the liver tonic is going to do is basically if you have a filter that's all clogged up with stuff, it's going to go clean that out. So then once that liver is cleaned out of all the extra stuff that's stuck in it, it can better absorb medication that's being given. It can better absorb antioxidants supplements everything that you're giving to try and help it's going to absorb it better yeah so a lot of people let's say they would come to us and say like oh i've been giving this type of medication and it worked for x amount of time but now it doesn't work anymore just use a liver tonic yeah it's going to clean it out it's going to help decongest the liver and then he's going to be it's going to be able to just absorb the medication properly again this is something that you can do as well if you have a dog that's on constant medication its whole life it doesn't need to be a senior to to, to take the liver tonic right it's just going to be beneficial for the senior because the body can't work as hard but if you have a dog that's on let's say apoquel constantly maybe you'd want to take a break and give uh, some liver tonic so that your apoquel has a better effect Absolutely, because it's already expensive as, as it is, and instead of increasing dosage or changing medications or giving something with more side effects, just use the liver tonic to try, try to keep the same dosage or lower dosage exactly. as possible. 
So we talked about joint support, uh, jump for joints, triacta, green lip muscle. So triacta, I don't think we talked that much about. Triacta is a synthetic joint support. However, of, of glucosamine and chondroitin, but, it's but very there's no, effective too. but there's no fillers compared there's, to exactly. a lot of joint support yeah. on the market. So like my vet had, had uh, recommended that I get the chondroitin supplement from Costco, which is definitely more afford- affordable. But it's full of fillers, guys. It's just... It makes it taste good and... Which is extra sugar. It's extra stuff that's not needed. And it's so much filler. So you're paying for not much really benefit. Yeah. You're not Usually getting much out of it. Usually for people, they tell me, yeah, I do have results. But I'm like, okay, but just try it. Yeah. And then the triacta, usually by two to three weeks, four weeks, the people are like telling me like, wow, what a difference, what a change. I'm really satisfied. Yeah, I used uh, triacta for uh, uh, just a little bit of time. Actually, before I switched chef to raw, he was having joint pain. Yeah. Uh, and you had recommended I use triacta. I think I used it for what, however the bottle lasted, like a month or two. And it really helped with his joints. It really helped with his back legs. He was less stiff. And then I switched him to raw and I didn't need triacta anymore absolutely uh i still give him uh you know support with the fish oil a double dose of fish oil and the antigen antigens antioxidants and adaptogens but i didn't need to continue with triacta because the joints weren't an issue anymore so that's something too where you can have a protocol of supplements that you might change throughout the dog's life um so we touched on fish oil Uh, we talked about asking about joint prevention. When is the right time to give it? You know, when is not checking with the vet, doing x-rays. Uh, so now we can talk to to you guys a little bit about our dogs, our seniors and their story. All right. So I started this whole business with Myla and all the progress and everything. I've spoken about her a lot. Now she's not with us, unfortunately, anymore. But I still talk about her because she's a great example to pretty much anything that we could do to prevent for, let's say, adoption. Like she came from a puppy mill. Mm -hmm. Now I tell people, please be careful adopting from a puppy mill because you're already adopting issues. Mm -hmm. She's been sick pretty much her whole life with skin issues and behavior issues. She had a lot of things, a lot of work. I put a lot of work onto this dog. Reason being why maybe grief nowadays today is hard on me because I just took care so much of her. Yeah. I took so much care of her and she w- she took so much space in my life that now that she's gone, it's like, wow, now that it's Afina and Layla that have pretty much no issues because they're healthy, I feel like I got a break. Mm-hmm. I got some a lot of weight off my shoulders. Yeah. But it's rough because now I think about her and I'm like, man, she took so much space in my life for 14 years. Now... Myla's story, other than pretty much her allergies and skin issues and uh, behavior, a lot of behavior things that I had to uh, really work on throughout her whole life. She had a lot of stress. There was a lot of things going on that I was just kept working on and working on at some point. I just couldn't do more, obviously. At some point, it's like you try to put as much effort as you can and then you stop getting results. So I said, you know what? I'll just accept her the way that she is. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I switched her to raw, then her allergies and her all of her skin issues went away. And then I had peace for three, four years, I would say. I was good for three, four years and I was so happy because I wasn't going to the vet anymore and everything was going good. Then I used to do bike rides. Mm-hmm. I used to be on the bike to make her run because that was the only way to 
like tire her out and Ma- she Milo loved was a jack russell terrier she was yeah so you she, don't know <laughs> she was a jack russell so <laughs> high energy high drive she always had to be busy inside the house outside the house at all times mm-hmm. if not then th- there would there would be a lot of barking a lot of barking and a lot of stress accumulated stress in her so when i was doing those bike rides at some point after a few years I started noticing her going behind my back, my bike. And I was like, Slowing oh, down. what's going on? Why why can't I go for half an hour bike rides anymore? Now she's in the back and now I can't run. I had to walk next to her, next to the bike, because she was getting exhausted. And I was like, okay, she is getting older. I think she was already seven or eight at that point. So then I go is to the vet. Senior? Is that considered a senior for her? For her, not really, because, well starting but not mm. really okay. she, still for me she was still high energy yeah. and going crazy still at that point i didn't notice much i like in general i didn't think she was a senior at yeah. that point still i thought she was still pretty active it's just that now i noticed that okay she, when she starts running she she doesn't have the same Stamina. tolerance yeah. so okay what's going on with that and then i went to the vet and then she said that she had um murmur heart murmur mm. That started, and then she started telling me, like, oh, your dog could die anytime. I started freaking out. Me, I was crying for, like, two weeks. I was like, oh, my God, like, my dog's seven, and uh, what do I do now? You know, like, what do I do? I started freaking out. The vet just didn't tell me the right way. Mm. Dogs could live with that for the rest of their life. They could have this at a young age. You just have to support them. You have to be careful. So now she just told me no more running or respect her amount of running that she could do. So I stopped doing bike rides, and I just started walking her from there I know that, and she was, that was very happy her, yeah. and that was enough for her at that point so we just did long walks a lot like a little bit of jogging but to her limit i followed her limit that she could do i supported her diet i started giving a few more supplements like the fish oil i tried to figure one out because there was no fish oils that she could tolerate once i started like finding the right one i was like okay i found the right one i'm gonna keep using it after that, it was, a, again, a couple of more years until she was 10 or 12. I think it was more like 12. Yeah, it was... I, honestly, like I said, like once I switched her to Raw, there was like nothing happening except the heart that showed up. And then I started supporting that situation. Mm-hmm. After that is pretty much when she was 12. It was during the pandemic. She started getting a bump on her paw. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from that bump, I thought it was just because that's the place she was licking. And I thought maybe it's an infection. So I started putting my own little stuff on it to try to reduce inflammation, reduce the swellingness, like like an antibiotic. Yeah. But it wasn't doing anything. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I was like, okay, it's a pandemic. I know it's hard to get an appointment at the vet. But let me just call him up and see if I could get an appointment. So I got an appointment, I think, in like a two, three week wait. And then when I, once I went to the vet, they said that it was uh, some type of tumor and because it's at the paw and there's not much skin to work with i had to do the surgery asap so i started worrying because i'm like okay i'm a vet tech i know about all these things i know that you shouldn't really put seniors under anesthesia and i'm like okay if it's really needed and if it's going to keep growing and it's it's going to bother her because she keeps licking it yeah i have to take it off if she could support anesthesia because me this was like freaking me out so we did all the tests the tests came out not really good for the her liver so we did an extra test to make sure that she could support anesthesia and it came out positive so i just accepted to put her under anesthesia to remove the the lump 
she got surgery complications. Mm. So I was starting to stress the hell out at that, po- that yeah. point. I'm like, man, what decision did I do? Why did I say yes? Why am I doing this? Blah, 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 blah. And then at this point, they started doing extra tests and confirmed that she had Cushing's disease at this point. That's the reason why she wasn't healing. It's an autoimmune disease. It's an autoimmune disease. And it's caused by more frequently smaller breeds have it or could have it. It also could be genetic. And it could also be the fact of just having a very stressful lifestyle. So like I've said, she came from a puppy mill. She has lived a lot of stress throughout her life just because she wasn't well. Mm -hmm. Like she had a very high drive and I tried to support it as much as I could, but she had a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. Again, there was also things that happened in my family and my household. I was living at my parents' house, things that I couldn't control that was affecting her. And I was, I couldn't wait to move out. Mm -hmm. Again, moving out of my parents' house helped a lot with her stress. But again, she lived there for a really long time and I can't reverse that. Yeah. So this, I knew it. Once she got that, I'm like, okay, her life, that's why she got Cushing's now. But now what can I do to support it? And what the vet told me, and again, the vets, the way they talk to you, it's like... It's a little harsh sometimes. It's harsh sometimes. And they told me, like, now she's at the end of her life and all you could do is just support her until t- she passes away and reduce as much pain as possible. Me, I'm like, oh my God, this is the end. It's over. Yeah. And I cried and I cried and I'm like, okay, I'm going to accept it. Uh, I for sure don't want her to be in pain. Like I'm just looking at her in, in the bed and I just start crying. I'm like, I don't want you to be in pain. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be in pain, it's over. I don't want to put you like that. I'm like, I'm not going to be selfish. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go see a specialist. Mm-hmm. And then the specialist told me, no, we could give medication. So these are the types of illnesses that can, can come out later in life, like you're saying, the Cushing's. It's a more for older dogs. Senior dogs usually are more prone to maybe getting Cushing's or Addison's. They're the opposites. Like uh, Cushing's is high cortisol and Addison's is no cortisol at all. Okay. The body cannot function with none and working with too much is not good also. Mm-hmm. Because now you're overworking and... like overworking like the all the organs are just on stress yeah they're on fight or flight mode constantly which which if under stress can cause other issues so it's kind of like a whole mixed bag of uh, yeah so at this point now she's 12 she went through surgery she got diagnosed with the cushings i went to the specialist the specialist said yeah we could do the surgery but she's gonna need blood transfusion uh because she also got diagnosed with a liver tumor we already noticed that there was something going on in the liver in the blood test so with the internal medicine she said yeah for the surgery you could do the surgery and remove the liver uh, tumor and the cushings which is a tumor on the adrenal gland she said it was going to cost me over ten thousand dollars and she need blood transfusion and she could die on the table yeah that's a gamble it was a full day i think it was a full day surgery they told me and it's very dangerous very risky so, so at that point after everything she's been through she's a senior she already had anesthesia that's kind of like so she tells me those two options look you could do the surgery yes but you could just put her on medication and the tumor that she has on the, her liver which the other vet told me that it's the end yeah she told me it was benign and she could live this with this for the rest of her life and she's not gonna die from this so i was like oh that changes everything. Okay. So she's not in pain necessarily right now. She's good. So if I put her on meds, that could r- increase her lifespan right now. And she's like, yeah, 
if it works, you try the meds and it works, yeah, for sure, it, it will increase her lifespan. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So this medication is really expensive. I went for it. I was like, look, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. I'll put this in my budget. I'll do it. It was very expensive, but it was worth it. At this point, again, me, I'm thinking, okay, it's a medication. It has side effects. Which and is why you did the liver tonic every couple of months. I was doing always the liver tonic to filter, to make sure that her liver... Also because there's a liver tumor. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to support the liver <coughs> as much as I could. And uh, so I was doing the liver tonic. Uh, then I started using the turkey tail yeah. as well. When I knew that she got the tumor, I started using the turkey tail. I used the CBD also. I didn't do them all at the same time because I wanted to... You alternated. I know. I wanted to know if the turkey tail worked. Oh, we okay. Because it was new. It was something new on the market and I just wanted to make sure, okay, does this work? Mm -hmm. So I used it for the whole bottle, which was about three months. I have a small... It was uh, Jack Russell. It's 17 pounds. Like the bottle lasted me three months. And in three months, I get to do the blood test. Because mm -hmm. with her, I had to do the blood test when the, they get diagnosed with Cushing's. They have to do it every month. And if it's regulated, then you could jump to three months. Yeah. So I was at every three months until her, the end of her life. And then we were going six months at yeah, the I end. Yeah, I remember towards the end, you were able to space it out even longer. Because of all the support that I was giving her, mm -hmm. I was able to space it out to six months. Um, so yeah, at that point, every time I was going for blood tests, she was stable. I never changed her dose. And when I redid the ultrasounds, because I was doing the ultrasounds every six months... They said the tumor in her liver disappeared. It was gone. I was like, Turkey what? tail is supposed to stop tumor growth, but... In this case, it reversed it. It reversed it and went away. It's and I was amazing. like freaking out. I couldn't believe this. Yeah. So I kept using it for sure. Uh, I tried the CBD. Mm. For her, it didn't make a difference. Mm. So I just stopped using it. So, you know, it depends. Like it worked for my Doberman, but for, for Myla, it yeah. was not good. So yeah. I was like, okay, let me not use a bunch of stuff for nothing. Um, so then after that, at the end, what was happening is that I was doing the blood test frequently, but what I learned from my vet at Truffe Compagnie at the end, when I, she started getting like digestive issues, gastro, like vomiting, diarrhea, and I couldn't know what was going on. And mm -hmm. she was like, I'm worried there's something going on and I don't know what, what's going on. We checked the blood test that the internal medicine vet was doing and she wasn't doing full blood panels. Oof. Which so I you thought missed something. I could I missed probably something at that point, but you know what? She was still she, supported. She was good. Like she was happy. She had bursts of energy. She was sometimes running. I remember she was still eating like a lot of bones and stuff. She was too. still always asking for attention. She still had a bunch of energy. She was good. It's just that once she started getting those, those sickness, signs. those yeah. signs at the end were like, okay, there's something happening, but what's going on? Yeah. But because I was I thought the tests were done. I didn't think, yeah, do the tests. Because I would have said it right away, like, yeah, do them. So at the end, once we decided to do the tests when she was really ill, mm -hmm. well, her kidneys were on failure and her liver was on failure. Yeah. So I was like, even if I do hospitalize her right now and do everything to make her go through this, the next thing that she's going to indigest or eat and it's not going to pass well, she's going to go through this whole thing all, all over again. She's already in so much pain. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this for myself. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'll have to take the decision and do it. And I put her down. But I thought until the last week, she was great. I remember that she was week, doing good. She was doing okay. And she, if I remember correctly, she pretty much told you it was time. And you yeah. knew her well enough to know what she was telling you. Yeah. 
I just took the sign that I said, okay, that's it. Yeah. You're in pain. You're not doing well. Your your kidneys and your liver. I saw by the tests that you're at the end. Your your kidneys and liver. Like unless I get a organ transplant right now, yeah. you're and not you're not gonna go through this for many more months. You went day by day with her, and I think that last day she was really I thought she was she was not moving. She wasn't. Uh, I thought she was gonna die in my arms. Mm. I was sleeping with her the past two three nights in my arms. And I saw like how heart, her heartbeat was like, her she was breathing so fast and her heartbeat was so fast and I'm like my God how the yeah. how is she gonna do it? I think it was good that you knew her enough to take that decision, until it you know it would have happened by itself. Yes, that's what the vet told me. She's mm-hmm. like if if you wouldn't have took this decision to just let her leave peacefully, she would have just be gone Suffered. on her own. Yeah. So I didn't want her to suffer anymore. So that's why I took that decision. And last call regarding Myla, what also helped her a lot during the past two years with the Cushings was acupuncture. Oh, yeah, that's true. You were doing acupuncture. I was doing the acupuncture. At first, we were doing it monthly. And then when we saw that her tests and everything was uh, very stable, we decided to do it every two months. Mm -hmm. So I was going every two months. And every two months, every time I was going, it was Mm -hmm. beneficial. I would notice. I would notice the difference more energy more movement she was happier then she was barking more and i was like oh she's back to herself again Mm, and she had some relief she had relief and she felt great like she was having back issues because of her kidneys she already did a kidney infection once and i knew from that point okay she needs support there and also she i think at some point her the back pain i don't know if it was just because of the kidneys we, we weren't sure so at the end we started giving her um joint support for her back which i kind of thought okay she seems to be moving more and jumping on the couch again but then now it was kind of hiding what was happening with the kidneys yeah, cause you at the end tell what was going on so it Anyways, you learn, though. you learn and you, but all I was just happy about is the fact that of how much support I gave her in the past two well, years. Yeah. Look, even if you go from the seven years to the 10 years to the two years, supplementing her and giving her different methods of treatment really helped her. Yeah. Whereas if you wouldn't have gone through all that, it, it would have caught up to her a lot quicker. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the magic of supplements, guys, and using different kinds of treatment that's tailored to what your dog needs. It's not going to be magic for... It's not a magic recipe for every dog. It's a different recipe for every dog. Yeah, so let's say regarding Chef. Now, because Chef is also a senior. Yeah, so Chef, I've been fairly lucky. I mean, so far, uh, he does have tumors. He does have a brain tumor. Uh, So that's something that I knew... I had to keep an eye on. As far as I know, it's benign. I haven't had any pressing reason to biopsy his tumors yet. However, it is something that I'm considering doing eventually if I notice that the tumors grow. As I mentioned earlier, using the turkey tail stopped the growth. So, so far he's doing okay. He's stable. He's stable. Uh, I did mention uh, for the blood tests, you know, that's something that's sometimes suggested to do every six months. I do it every year. Unless I notice a behavioral change, a digestive change, or any type of change. Um, I had done them two or three times, and they ended up always being consistent. So unless something changes, I decided to do it yearly. Yeah. Um, Also, with the raw, I had mentioned uh, I used Triacta for his joints. It was super helpful. When I switched to raw, um, he gained energy. 
he had a, a white film on his eyes. It went away. I think it took three weeks. Um, he just seemed happier. He seemed less stressed. He was running more, which he had stopped running. Uh, and from there, he's been on Raw ever since. You know, now I kind of discovered recently that he does have some intolerances. I don't think he necessarily has any food allergies. But it just increases inflammation. Exactly. So I noticed that when he eats certain things... His ears will be more itchy. His eyes will leak more. His poops are not as nice. His, he's going to fart more. He's going to fart more. He eats a lot more grass. Yeah. So based on those things, I was able to do an elimination diet and figure out what proteins are best. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much where we're at right now. I mean, the stress level too, we were mentioning stress is as he got older, he became a lot more stressed. He was always kind of a loner in a way like he he just does very well on his own he's not mean to any other dogs but he just he's used to being on his own um he became a lot more stressed he doesn't like going into new places if if humans around him are stressed he's very affected by their mood uh when i got my cat thinking it would be company for him he protested and didn't eat for a week uh which is fine dogs can go about a week without food before it becoming a problem of course, I didn't know that at the time, so I was freaking out. But um, once we got through that first week and he realized the cat was not going to take away any attention that I was giving him, he, he got used to her. Uh, but it did help me decide that now was not the time for a puppy because yeah. that was something I was considering. And I see now that based on Chef's needs, that would be definitely not in his best interest. He does see Athena at work, and we thought... Well, it probably will increase his stress at work. And honestly, because Afina was such a more respectful yeah. dog, like, okay, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to, like, force play with you and stuff like that. Well, she was responsive to his signs, too. Like, when she was little, little, and she was always in his face, he, he barked at her. And Maybe once or twice, and yeah. that's it. That was it. Yeah, like, he'll never, he'll never snap or anything. But, yeah, he told her, hey, this is my space. And she said, okay, with him, this is how I can act, and this is how I can't. And they've been fine ever since. Yeah, so the stress level at work didn't last very long, I find. I think it was maybe a week. Mm or so yeah, and then after it was fine not that long yeah so yeah when it comes to supplements i definitely double my dose of omega-3s for chef uh i use the seal oil from Pado bio uh, which is giving him really nice soft fur it's been really effective for him like we said not every fish oil is going to work magic on every dog that's why it's important to try different kinds you have algae oil you have salmon krill calamari seal white fish the only thing you have to be careful with fish as we've mentioned too is the heavy metals yeah, um, so the only ones with no heavy metals or very low because they're able to clean it out from their bodies is calamari or krill. Yeah. All the other ones have some sort of heavy metals. Yeah. Then we have to check the levels. Yeah, and I mean, for chef, I give him the seal oil, but he doesn't have any other fish in his diet. So that's probably why he's so responsive to it. If you're giving your dog salmon and... Uh, what it, what is it? Uh, herring and salmon. Uh, I said salmon already. <laughs> if you're giving all kinds of fish and then you add more fish, the chances of heavy metals going up, of course, is increased. Yeah, but then after, if we are giving a like, because krill and calamari will be on the higher price end. Yeah. Seal oil also. If we're giving always the cheaper versions of fish oils, mm. 
uh, we might let get less omegas, yeah. but we might get more uh, heavy metals, so exactly. li more liver tonic. Yeah. So it's just to see how, where are we going from here? Do we decide to go with the no heavy metal ones because we want less risk as possible? Or let's just give the other fish oils because they're more affordable and just do a liver tonic every once in a while. Yeah, so that's something that we offer as well is when we do our consultations, even if it's a report, you know, we've done uh, reports as well for senior protocols. So if you're not sure, let's say you do want to make a switch over to raw or you want to change the diet and you want to supplement, you can come and have a consultation with us. Tell us the symptoms that your dog's having. Tell us about his life. Tell us his experience. And from there, we can, you know, give you different options, which will cover different price points. You know, we can give you this might be the most optimal protocol versus these are what these are the different ones we can change or, or we can adapt to your budget. Exactly. That's something that's important to us, too, because we know just like every dog's not the same. Not every household, you know, income is the same for myself personally. Uh, this is also another reason I've cut out doing a blood test every six months because it's not needed. Of course, if I had the money for it, I would do it anyway. Hmm. But, you know, everybody is a different situation and we, we can adapt to that. So we have many different options. So that's pretty much uh, it for Chef. And I think we covered everything when it comes to uh, seniors. I think yeah, we, really we went, went above. Everything. We went above and beyond regarding everything that we could do to support. What are things that we could recommend doing at the vet not at the vet doing things only as necessary only going more natural and less med medications or chemicals less toxins will be the most beneficial for your senior and whichever at the budget that you decide for your senior on how to support I went all in with Myla, so my budget went way higher for her at the end. And I was like, when when she she was gone, I got so much weight off my shoulders. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it was that much on me. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't change anything in the world right now of everything I did for her. Of course. It was so much It harder. was worth it. And if ever, guys, you have questions or you do want to have a consultation, you want more information... You can always uh, reach us at info at musospa.com. You can reach us on our website. You can give us a call. Uh, many different ways through social media. So we hope you enjoyed episode seven, seniors. And we'll be back on episode eight where we're going to cover toys. Activities, stimulation, all of the things. More behavior this time. More behavior. So we'll see you then. Bye.